And so I'm just going to get us started, and I just want to tell you guys, when the Lord called us here to Corpus Christi, in, well, we arrived here June of 2014, and oh my gosh, I had zero clue of what was going to happen. And uh, we were at part of a ministry that we started on the U of H campus called uh, the, the Lighthouse, the Foss House, and we lived with 20 college students in a house for two years in one of the fraternity houses in the fraternity of sorority row. And uh, I got to tell you, as a, as a Baptist born and bred guy, that was really tough because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's partying going on everywhere. I, I was not used to that. That was just not my background. But man, it was just so wild to be in the midst of constant party culture and encountering that and just bringing not judgment, but the love of the Lord uh, by living in that community. And it was wild because so many times they'd invite us to things. And it's so weird because you're like, okay, well, this is they're doing the party thing. How do we interact and how do we connect with this group when that's not what we're doing? But we were just there loving on them. They would make uh, Thirsty Thursday. They would make pancakes on those nights, kind of help sober them up. So Thursday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., the students decided we're going to go outside and we're going to cook pancakes and we're going to help. We're going to love on them with Jesus and we're going to help sober them up for the next day of school. So that's what we did. Hey, you got to find a way in. Just a little side note about that. We had, ha we had a lot of uh, music students in that house. It was a Christian house. All the students were Christian in the house. But we'd go out there with the pancakes, and they'd just start, like, doing music, regular, you know, what you'd hear on the radio, maybe secular music. But the minute we switched to worship music, the people would start coming. It was just so cool. We're like, okay, we're sticking with this. It really was like moths to a flame, and they would come over. It was I, it cracked me up because there'd be a guy, half drunk, like, "Can I play with you guys?" You know, and we we're worshiping and stuff. We're like, "Come on, let's do it!" And you know, they'd be way out of tune and and stuff, and not know any of the words. But that's all right. It was just a ton of fun. It was a really special time. But uh, but anyway, it was also a really challenging time, and because man, there was just music and all sorts of craziness. I could tell you all sorts of things about that. But long story short is the Lord said, this that time is done and it's time to move on. And we thought for sure, all right, it's our missionary season. We're going to the nations. We're headed out. And we really felt like the Lord was going to bring us to Portland, Oregon. We had visited there several times and made connections with missionaries there. We were so excited to go. But that's not what the plan the Lord had for us. And the Lord brought us here to Corpus Christi. It was a, for a series of miraculous events through our uh, cousins, uh, Chris and Angie, who go here. And what's even more wild is we had a, I didn't tell this in the last service, but we had a flat tire on the way there, had to pull off of the uh, JFK Causeway into one of the bait shops. And uh, my, my, I'm uh, so glad that bait shop was there because yes. it's that long bridge. And, and like, we had we no do? other We place. were driving in a smart car. And, uh, and uh, just pulled off, and uh, my cousin Angie, and then some of you guys know they just moved away, but uh, Kenesha Walton uh, was with her before we knew any of them. And so it's wild how people who are a part of this body now, way back when, were greeting us as we made our journey into this city. It's just really powerful, and there's so many things that we could add to that. But we're here, and, you know, it's just been an incredible time coming here, being a part of this church, being a part of this family, and uh, so many things going on, and 
Lauren's going to tell you a little bit about what's been going on right now in our lives. Okay, so I actually want to speak to you. Um, when we did come here and we visited Chris and Angie and then we were on our way back to Houston because we hadn't moved here yet. I was just visiting, checking it out um, because we did hear the Lord wanted us to rest because Houston is like fast pace. Are you going to make your exit on the highway? Got to take highway everywhere you go. You got a 45 minute commute wherever you're headed kind of thing. Um, and so we're like Corpus Christi. Yeah. It's like no traffic. There's no traffic here, guys, according to like none. And so we're like, oh, it's restful, the ocean. And then if you guys know, you know, our cousins, they're just really a, a joy to be around. So we're like, oh, we're going to be friends with them and all of this stuff. And um, on our way back, we just had this supernatural peace flood us. And um, we're like, okay, this is where we're supposed to go. And I knew that Corpus Christi meant the body of Christ. So I'm like, oh, cool. We get to live in the body of Christ, Texas. How awesome is that? Um, what happens in the body of Christ, Texas must be a metaphor for what's happening globally, right? And um, so just speaking to that piece, I have recently been studying the word shalom, which is a Hebrew form of peace. And there's a lot to that word. The, when you study Hebrew or Greek words, you're getting a whole flood of things. It's not just like, well, there's peace. You know, it's, there's so much more to it. Um, and so speaking to that, we were at Nathan and Kayla's house. Nathan here is the worship director. And we were talking about making decisions. And so we were making that decision to come to Corpus or not. And um, we were talking about the phrase, oh, I have a piece about it. Have you guys ever used that, that phrase, oh, I, f I have a piece about it or I don't have a piece about it? And it kind of can feel like Christian lingo, like, mm, and, you know, what is that? But the Lord was showing me it is very biblical and it's very true that when you have peace, it means that it's not just an absence of conflict or that conflict went away, but that you're actually coming into a collaboration with God. And it's not just the lack of something, but it's there's a substance. Like, I'm going somewhere with God. I'm collaborating with him. And so the peace led to joy. Like, oh, wow, there's something here for us. Um, so yeah. that's it. Yeah, so... Um, uh, so really where, what has been going on with us lately is, you know, we have been living in this barn house for several years. It's been a construction process. It's been a real big blessing for us, but it's always been a challenge as well. And so in the last several weeks, you guys know it's been raining a ton. And uh, so it has just become a lake out there. And Lorna and I kind of, we laugh about it, but we have to put on our rain boots to get into the house every time. It's just kind of like this floating wood thing that we step on to get through into the house and uh, it's just been a challenge and so several uh, about a month and a half ago we just felt like the Lord was saying it's time to move on it's time to time to get our own place and it's not really something we've ever you know that I've ever truly dreamed of because we've just had our mindset on other things but and when the Lord told us that we were like I don't see how that's going to happen. We don't have any savings. We don't have anything set aside. We don't have a way to, to, to get here. 
But Lauren and I just looked at each other. We just prayed and we just said, okay, Lord, if this is from you, you're going to have to make it happen. There's no effort. I, I can't just go, you know, make it rain dollars from the sky. The Lord's going to have to deliver if this is going to actually truly come to pass. And so we just started to walk out and step in faith. And I just likened it in the last service uh, to uh, Matthew chapter 14, where Peter sees Jesus, the disciples see Jesus walking out onto the water, and Peter just jumps up, and he's like, you know, I want to come out to you. He says, come to me, Peter, and Peter just steps out and in faith starts to walk on the water. And see, that's what happens when we step out in faith in any area of our life is oftentimes it feels like we're doing something impossible. Peter walking on the water in the natural is impossible. It's still impossible. And so, so many times what we're doing feels impossible. It felt at the moment that the Lord kind of told us about the house, oh, that's impossible. We don't have that. You know, Lord, we, we're trying to make our finances work. I don't know how we're going to do the house thing. But the, but the Lord said, if you trust me, if you step out on the water in faith, I'm going to deliver. And so that's one of the things we want to encourage you this morning is there's so many areas in which the Lord wants to deliver something to you, something powerful to you, but it's for us to step out in faith and trust Him that He's going to guide us, that we're not going to sink. Because that's what happened with Peter is he started sinking because he's like, he recognizes the magnitude of what he's taking on. And he starts to get back into the flesh, and I'm, I'm walking on water here. This isn't supposed to be happening. Oh my gosh, this isn't supposed to be happening. Oh, you know. And then, uh, you know, and then Jesus is like, "What are you doing? You were just walking five seconds ago. Come here, grab my hand, Peter." Because what happens is he, this is what happens to us so often is so we we get we muster up some faith, we muster up some courage, we set our eyes on the Lord. And then what happens? Problems come. We start battling the mind. Stresses happen. Concerns. Oh my gosh, you know, maybe the maybe you lose your job or you get a cut in pay or something happens and you're like, well, now how's it supposed to happen? As if the Lord didn't see that coming already. As if he hasn't already made a provision. And so what happens is the love of Jesus is such, he's not just like, oh, silly Peter, you're sinking. Come on out of there. He reaches his hand out and he says, I'm going to give you more. You, you're, he didn't quite have enough faith to stay walking on the water. So he reaches out and connects with him personally, grabs hold of him and lifts him up and raises him up. And that's what Jesus wants to do with each and every one of us. He wants to make a personal connection with us to feed into our faith so that we can be raised up and walk in the newness of him. So we step out in faith in this house. And, you know, my wife is such a diligent saver. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, she had uh, some uh, bonds that her grandparents had been sewing into her since the 80s that have just been tucked away. She's like, just don't even think about these. As far as you're concerned, they don't exist. And so we've been, had them tucked away. We've really never even talked about them since we've been married. And uh, she's like, all right, now's the time. And I'm like, okay. But, it, but that was just a little piece. There wasn't near enough to cover a down payment or anything like that. And so we're like, okay, it's going to have to show up. And supernaturally, the Lord has just been bringing in from 
places that I could never predict, finances just and it's and I'm not saying that 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 20 checks showed up in the mail. Although well, that's oftentimes how we pray. We're like, Lord, it would just be so much easier if you would just. You know, I check the mailbox eagerly every day. Is there any checks in there, you know, uh, that, that you've put in there, Lord? But no, so many times it happens from so many places. Uh, Lauren got this uh, just um, this two-month little special side gig uh, job to earn some extra money to bring in and so many different things. It's been such a huge blessing. But we've learned so much about stepping out in faith with the Lord in the midst of it. And, uh, and I just wanted to thank as well, because um, our, our house, with all the water and everything, it's, it's hard to even use the, the bathrooms, because we've, we're out on a septic, and so it's kind of overwhelmed the septic system. And so uh, the uh, hurdlers, uh, Doug and, uh, and Sharon, uh, have been so sweet and so wonderful to uh, let us stay in their little casita there uh, for the last several days until the uh, water recedes. And so uh, I just wanted to give them a shout out and say thank you so much to uh, Doug and Sharon. All right. Let's pull up Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. Um, and Lamentations, a lament is a sorrowful song. Um, and so it's kind of funny we're talking about all these things. But uh, so the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Um, and so this song has been, it's actually a song. Jeremy's like, sing. <laughs> On cue. Okay. So um, I really want to just emphasize his love with all the things that we've been going through. And I've once heard this man talk about God's love, and it really was just amazing, and um, it blew my mind. So God's love is so big that it actually comes from him to us, fills our heart, and then we get to give it back to him. Like, we can say we love God, and it's true, and we need to own that. Like, we, I don't want to say this some weird thing like, well, we don't really love God because it's just his love. But he's given us his love, and that's the only substance that we have to love him back. We don't love God on his own, like on our own. And the love that God gives us also we love each other with. So I can't love Megan with my own love. I don't have it. I don't have love to give. Only God has love to give so that I can give that love to Megan. And then she gets that same love from God and gives it back to me. And I remember our first date um, that the Lord had already kind of I'd heard that man talk about that. And I told Jeremy, I said, there's no way that I can love you on my own. And that really speaks to marriage. If you're struggling in your marriage you're probably trying to do something on your own strength, right? But if you hold on to his love and get his love at the forefront, then you're, I'm going to be able to love Jeremy past everything that's going on inside of me, everything that's natural. And that, that little plywood moat that's in front of our house right now is really irritating to me. And so like putting on rain boots every time I go out, out of the house and it's, it's just been raining a lot. But um, 
at the beginning of this year, the Lord had me take on this card and uh, put on this card abundance. And then afterwards, in like a little print, it said always. And the I wanted to put that on my refrigerator as a reminder that regardless of what I see, my house is under construction, you know, whatever it is, whatever I think I don't have, the truth is that I'm living in abundance. And if I'm believing that, then he actually has the capacity to give me more than, you know, if I put my eyes towards that and towards him, then I get to receive even more from him. Um, And so, there's been this whole journey since January and writing that on the card. And um, actually, Kevin Leal came during my birthday and broke shame out of my life. The Lord did through him. And it's been a journey ever since to fight for that and to like stay in that. But um, Kevin Leal told me that breaking off shame is like a circumcision of the heart. And before the men went into the promised land, there was some of the Israelites through the wilderness and then into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, if you haven't heard of that. But um, there was a promise for this people, but they had to circumcise, like be circumcised before entering in. And that same thing was happening with shame is like there had to be a circumcision of the heart in order to gain the inheritance. So when I was putting abundance on my refrigerator, it was like, I'm looking towards that, but some things had to change in me too, to even be able to see it and then to have faith for it. Um, And so coming back to the Lamentations verse, um, when that went away, I was able to see God's love to a new measure. I was able to see his mercies. I was able to see his faithfulness. And faithfulness, when you look it up in the Blue Letter Bible, it actually talks um, talks to or speaks to stability or firmness, the firm footing. You're able to um, stand on it. So when we're talking about his faithfulness to us, a lot of times you picture like things that he's done along the way or faithfulness is like little by little right but it really is a stability a firmness like I know that he's coming through I know that there's abundance I have faith for that and so yeah and I wanted to just uh, speak to how how deep that goes what Lauren said about uh, marriage and doing it on your own strength and I just I cannot come up with a time where I was dialed into the Lord, listening to his voice, and I got in an argument about it. Every time that we've been in conflict, you know, there's been strife, division, issues in our marriage. It has everything to do with the flesh. It has everything to do with selfishness. It has everything to do with not having the eyes on the Lord. And it's when we turn our eyes back to him, it's when we're like, all right, I was manifesting. All right, I was I I was just mad because you showed me something that I needed to fix and I did not like that. You know, whatever it is, there's so many times or we and and I'm like cuz oftentimes our spouse who's supposed to represent Christ is doing so and we're having a hard time dying to self about it. 
And there's been so many times where I've seen Christ in Lauren and I don't like it, if I'm being really honest. Not because I don't like Christ, but because Christ is showing me the flesh or the enemy that needs to go and I'm having a hard time with it. And that's why patience and grace is so, so, so important in a marriage. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Um, even though we don't have a marriage message, we're always, we're marriage people, and we just love marriage. We love talking about it, so it's always going to come out. Um, you know, one other thing I wanted to just tell you guys about is, uh, as we con- as we kind of head into this next section, is I want to remind you that... Uh, so often we get used to the physical realm of our lives. We get used to your nine-to-five job, you're doing this, you're doing that, you've got my hobby, I'm waiting for the football game, I'm doing this on the weekend, you know, what are you doing? You're just so used to your routine, your schedule, you're this, you're that, I'm not feeling well. We get so in the physical, we forget that the spiritual realm is greater than the physical realm. It's more real. The spiritual realm is more real than the physical. And I'm not trying to go too out there, woo, 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 uh, you know, uh, uh, existential on you. But just follow me for a second and think about it. And it's important to know that um, if we're not looking through the lenses of God, which is in the spiritual realm, then oftentimes we're looking through our lenses and we're not seeing what he's seeing. And how can we speak life over ourselves, over our children, over our spouses, over our friends and family, if we're not seeing the way God is seeing? And so I just encourage you this morning that if we're not seeking Him in the secret place, if you're not getting into the Word, if you're not reading the Word, if you're not worshiping Him and giving Him your all in your heart, then you're not seeing what He's seeing. And so often we get caught up, well, I can't hear from him. I don't feel like the Lord's present. I'm missing his presence. Well, you're probably not missing his presence because he never leaves us. His promises are yes and amen. He's right here with us. But we're somehow turning our backs to him. We're somehow not seeing, not hearing what he's saying and doing. And it's not a striving thing. It's not a, well, I need to do ABC so I can hear his voice. It's a, all right, I surrender. I give over this junk. I give over this stuff that I'm having trouble giving up, this thing that brings me comfort, but it's not you. I'm going to give up on it, and I'm going to turn back to you, and I'm going to say I'm ready to hear what you want to say. I'm ready to hear what you want to do. All right. So we're going to go into Romans 5, 1 through 5. Um, and what we want you to walk away with is really the, there's three words which is peace, hope, and love. Um, And we've been discussing those different things and how they apply to our lives, but that's really, if you want to take away, those are kind of the three words to really be asking the Lord more about that and how that applies to your life. But this scripture really pulls them together well. And um, so I'm just going to start Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. I remember of that that message that Pastor David preached 
a little bit ago of just being transferred into from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And it's the same kind of concept that our faith in Jesus, our faith transfers God's righteousness to us. And he now declares us flawless in his eyes. So it's a big deal to own that, that we now are flawless in God's eyes, and we need to see each other in that way, that when you've received Jesus into your life and you've taken on his righteousness, you can own that. You can own that you're flawless, and sure, you're making mistakes, and sure, you're growing, and all these things, but a lot of times, the enemy lies to us and gets us to give up our righteousness, and gets us to say, oh, well, I'm just really messed up. And then all the lies start beating you down. And I know because I've lived it. Like, And really, he's just trying to get your focus off. Like, Jesus died on the cross and resurrected three days later so that we could die to our old self and be resurrected into his life and be called flawless. Wow. We're not saying... We're not saying flawless because that's our state of being in the moment. Because, again, you're getting overly focused on the physical. Um, You're saying flawless because that's what the Father is speaking over you. That's the identity he's speaking over you and saying who you are. You know, I don't say that my child's afraid even if they're scared of someone or of a situation. I say, no, my child is bold. My child is confident as I'm speaking life about who they are and who they will be and what they'll become. And that's what Jesus is doing. So what does all this mean? This means that we now enjoy true and lasting peace. That's part of the major goal of Jesus dying for us is that we could have peace with God. And again, not the absence of conflict or the struggles around us, but the collaboration with God so that we could have peace with him. Um, All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. And so that's a something to come, God's glory, but it's a now thing too, that we have this hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. Um, knowing that our pressures will develop us in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proving character leads us back to hope. So as we endure, our character gets refined when we're under pressure. And that character, like I was saying in the last service, was um, that character comes from very simplified, keeping our eyes on Jesus and not on the natural perspective. It actually builds character within us. That actually gives us a reputation among other people. 
Like, it's so important. We have that Dana Diaz song, All Eyes Are On Him. If you live that out daily, you're going to gain a godly reputation. You're going to gain proven character. People can rely on you because ultimately you're relying on him. And so that leads us back to hope that we're going to, like, and it's so much better in your soul and in your heart when you're living that way. It's a it's a fight, and we honor people that have the godly character, but you are so much more satisfied when you have that character dwelling within you, and then you're able to see the hope that is to come. Like, I get to see the fact that I'm not going to be walking across plywood all the rest of my life and having to put rain boots on because we're going to get a new house. Like, and that's just a natural, like, we never were like, oh, we want to own a home and have all these things. And that's not really us. Like, we we're like, we're going to go be missionaries and live on nothing. I don't know. But, but now we get to see that picture of God, you know, moving us into maybe a natural promised land, but ultimately it's a picture of where we're going. And that's what this scripture is about, is the hope that's to come. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. It's not natural. It's not, you know, some fairy tale. It's which this scripture, that part where it says, that it's not a disappointing fantasy. Another translation says that um, it does not put us to shame. And so shame and disappointment are like so close. They're intertwined because what's happening is you're using uh, the world's measuring system or your own measuring system to see if you measure up with shame. It's not good enough, all those things. But if and the word of God measures you, like the scripture is measuring us. It's saying, you know, are you living the fullness of God's life in you? Um, but, but this is not a disappointing fantasy. Um, it's an everlasting hope. So because we now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And so that is a benefit of the Holy Spirit. He brings God's love into our hearts. So we can say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing God's love into my heart daily. Like, if you're in a wrestle, you're struggling, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing God's love into my heart. I, I kind of think about, since I, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit about uh, four years ago, and uh, so I've experienced the majority of my believing life uh, without that understanding. And uh, what I think about it often as, it's like the difference of going, walking uh, a mile to a water well to get water and uh, having running water in my home, is I have access both ways, but one is immediate and right there at my fingertips. And so uh, the Holy Spirit is bringing the Lord in a relationship with Him all that much closer to us. And so... You know, what's so powerful about these verses, and I really encourage you to go back, especially in the Passion Translation, Romans 5, 1 through 5, uh, because there's just so much there, and it's so easy to understand. You know, it's not, um, you know, God bless the King James Version, but oh my gosh, the these and the thous, I just can't get my mind around it. And so, uh, 
Um, this has just been so awesome, and I just love this version. But, you know, one of the last things I want to say uh, before we wrap up that I said earlier in the message uh, last service is, you know, we're, we do church as a family, as a body. We're doing it together. And so there's a lot of things that we do that are just, we're just different from other churches because our culture is different. It's not a, a better or a worse thing. It's just different. And so one of the things is, is that we, when you're a family, you experience, when, when there's loss in the family, everyone experiences it, right? When there's joy in the family, everyone experiences it. When there's strife, difficulty, we're all going through it together. And so oftentimes when I'm having a difficult time or when, I'm, when something's going great, uh, I remember in my mind, I says, I bet this is happening to a lot of people at Rock City, but I'm not the only one. If you're feeling like I'm the only one in whatever the situation is, I can tell you right now, you ain't. You're, you're, you're far from the only one, is really the truth. And so what's the key is, is instead of wallowing in that mess and just being like, oh, I'm the only one, you know, recognize that the Lord's at work doing a work in you, and he's doing it in other people, and then just come to people, hey, I'm going through this. Are you going through something like this? Are you hearing what I'm hearing, are you, is this happening to you? And the point I'm trying to make is, is we're getting ready to build out. We're getting ready to expand. And so we're starting to, in a way, straddle two worlds, the world of the, the old promise and the world of the new promise for our church. And so there's a tension in that time where there's a pulling and a stretching because we're not going to have everything we need to, to inhabit the new land that the Lord has has set aside for us until we're pulled and stretched to be able to fit. And so that's a tough time. It's tough to be like, oh, man, oh, I feel like I'm being pulled and stretched again. And just like the Lord is taking us from this old land, this old time of, of renting and in this, this swamp land, um, he's taking us out of that and into a new place. But, but it's not just dropped in our lap, guys. We have to walk it out in faith and, you know, like uh, Pastor David talked about last week about the different spies going out, that many of them said we're, oh, actually it was Rick Pino, yeah, the, we're grasshoppers in the land. But two said, we might be grasshoppers in the land, but we're going to have these giants for breakfast. We're going to slay these giants. And that's the mindset that we need to be having as we move into this new season, to this new place is, yeah, we might seem small in the natural, but I have the Father God I have Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit who goes before me, who makes a way and makes a path, and I am going to be ready for the next thing that he has for me. So why don't we come on and stand up?